It's time for some straight talk. Using your phone, yeah, the one right in your hand, could cost up to 30% less every month. Got your attention, don't I? With Straight Talk's Keep Your Own Phone SIM Kit, you can keep that phone, your same 4G LTE network and number, but pay less. That's more money in your pocket. The ultimate unlimited plan is just 55 bucks a month. Straight Talk Wireless. Only at Walmart. Savings may vary. Video typically streams at PPP quality. A month equals 30 days. Refer to the latest terms and conditions of service at straighttalk.com. Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner Sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have within you the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So, stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, the prison house of form. And before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, the founder of Lucy's Trust. Alice Bailey wrote 24 volumes of literature, and those 24 volumes of literature are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought also comes from the works of Alice Bailey. The spiritual problem of limitation is closely linked to that of liberation. Birth establishes the soul in the true prison, the physical body, and physical death is only the first step towards liberation. Does this mean that the spiritual meaning of freedom and bondage might not be what we think it is? I, it certainly implies that. It's interesting, isn't it, to reflect on this comment from the books of Alice Bailey, uh, especially the final um, uh, part of that comment that physical death is only the first step towards liberation. What she's implying in that we don't know, but it does suggest that the um, release from the body enables the soul to progress. And, of course, it progresses on a path and on a plane that we can't follow because we live here on Earth and are, by the very nature of our experience in the physical body, imprisoned in it limited in it, constrained by the physical body and the physical plane, but for a a purpose, for a spiritual um, uh, reason. I'm sure that if we had the consciousness that could span from the plane of life on earth to the inner planes of the soul and spirit, we would find ourselves 
not really focused in life here on earth where we need to be for this present cycle. And we've talked in previous programs about how the soul undergoes uh, a kind of imprisonment in form for purposes of sacrifice and for redemption of um, the matter and substance of um, the earth and the matter and substance of the bodies that the soul inhabits, the physical, emotional, and mental bodies that each of us has created and uses. All of this is for redemption of the the, the bodies that we work through and the lives that we touch on earth. But there is a limitation and a kind of um, bondage that the soul submits to when it incarnates. And that, I think, is deeply sensed by many people, even if they can't articulate the reasons for it. Yeah, but I, I think the whole idea that the physical body, your body, my body, and everyone else's physical body is a is a prison house <clears throat> of some kind. Uh, we don't really think of it that way, and that may be kind of a new way of looking at the, the problem for some people. But... Um, to the soul, as you said, to the soul as it comes into the world uh, and it suffers uh, tremendous limitations of its capabilities by uh, um, incarnating in this physical form. It has to work through a very insensitive brain and uh, the uh, physical body is uh, very impure and so it, it poses, as you said, tremendous limitations on the soul's ability to work in the world, to work its energies, and to radiate its light, which is essentially what it's supposed to do eventually. But uh, <clears throat> that is a willing sacrifice that the soul undertakes in each life, and there is a, a great purpose behind this uh, actions of the soul in the world. The Writings of Alice Bailey say that all lives are embodied in forms, and therefore the implication is that all lives, even the subatomic lives on up to the human lives and so on, all are embodied in forms and all are uh, prisoners of those forms. And she wrote that all atoms of substance down to these tiny atomic lives that comprise matter of all grades are atomic substance and that this enables matter to be lifted up or energized by its contact with spirit and that spirit in turn by being imprisoned in form is able to enhance its vibration through its experience in matter. Well this is all very abstract but there is a profound spiritual and divine purpose working out through the impact or collision of spirit and matter and all of us are the product of that colliding of forces we are spirit we are in the sense gods in the making and we are material beings with two mortal uh, flesh that doesn't obey our higher impulses always and the struggle to redeem our material nature is um a major aspect of the spiritual quest. And the soul does gain, it gains experience. Um, it isn't here just, just to redeem, 
but it's here to gain the experience of working in matter, in form, and it develops the uh, sensitivity to uh, matter and to form, and that's that's what one of the things it gains. Life after life, it comes into this world and working through a form of tremendous limitations, but it gains the ability to develop sensitiveness to the form world, and that's a capability in, uh, that it takes with it when it returns to its its source. So it does. It, it's kind of a two-way thing. The soul gains, but also so does the, the matter aspect. The material form is also being energized and lifted up, and its vibration is being increased all the time by the activity of the soul. This um, this whole imprisonment is um, something that runs as a kind of a thread throughout a number of uh, the world's religions. Judaism has the um, story of the release of, of um, the Jewish people out of bondage, and there's the biblical story of Jonah and the whale, which is a classic um, uh, symbolic depiction of the captivity of the soul within the material form. And there are the the spirituals, the religious music of uh, American slaves that express the yearning to uh, be free of, of very real bondage as uh, enslavement. But you could see all of those examples as expressing a spiritual urge that every human being probably feels on some level or another, that there is some kind of what the the poet Robert Browning called imprisoned splendor within every human being that seeks release. And one of the greatest services that one can render to another human being is to help them release that imprisoned splendor, whatever it might be. By that I mean to draw forth from the individual that which is most precious and most beautiful and most aspirational within them. And the great teachers who work with children, the very best of the teachers are able to do this. Um, But it can occur, I think, at any stage of development. It doesn't have to be just with children. People who take up an artistic pursuit or who become gardeners or who um, learn a new field of knowledge or who gain um, a spiritual understanding as the result of often of suffering and and difficulty, are people who are uh, releasing something that had been imprisoned within them, don't you think? Yes, uh, definitely, and that's the the soul aspect uh, coming through, too, because that is the the search for betterment, for beauty uh, in a life, and expressing um, the true beauty. It's an impulse that comes from deep within, from the God aspect, if you will, to search out uh, the greater beauty in life and to express that beauty. And that's essentially what God uh, came into the world to do and uh, or created this world to do, to create a, um, <clears throat> a more beautiful expression of um, uh, the light and love that uh, he's trying to work through in, in this planet. So yes, there is a uh, excuse me. There is a uh, um, a great urge 
a spiritual urge behind all of the work of the soul to bring more beauty and light into the world. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today, the Prison House of Form. And we have a special offer from Lucis Publishing Company today, and that's the Alice Bailey book, Death, the Great Adventure. Death, the Great Adventure is a compilation of extracts on the spiritual meaning of death from the books of Alice Bailey. And let me just give you a a quote from uh, this book, Death, the Great Adventure, by Alice Bailey. And I quote, The present cycle is the end of the age, and the next 200 years will see the abolition of death as we now understand that great transition and the establishing of the fact of the soul's existence. Now, the special uh, offer comes in the form of free shipping and handling, and all you need to do is send a check or money order, $11, to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Once again, ask for the book Death, The Great Adventure, and send a check or money order to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And just write a little note that you heard about the offer on Inner Sight. Uh, if you need to call us for any reason whatsoever, you can certainly do so and give us a call at uh, 1-866-695-8247. That's a toll-free number. Once again, 1-866-695-8247. You can call that number to order books. Uh, copies of uh, shows, that's cassette tapes, uh, a schedule of our meditation meetings, or if you'd like a general package of information uh, explaining uh, Lucis Trust and the various aspects of Lucis Trust, you can certainly uh, give us a call and order it. Once again, the easy way to remember it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. LUCIS is L-U-C-I-S. Uh, you can key it into our website if you'd like to, www.lucistrust.org, and there's a lot of information on our website about Lucis Trust. And many people key into the website because they want to hear the previously archived library of radio shows. And also, we appreciate your your donations. They're they're tax deduction deductible, by the way. And if you have, or if you'd like to give us donations, uh, we certainly appreciate them, large and small. Uh, they're an expression to us of your support. So send all donations to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And those donations certainly help to keep us on the air. Uh, Sarah, I couldn't uh, pass over that comment uh, that you made so quickly about gods in the making. Uh, are you saying that according to the Alice Bailey books that... Uh, we have a divinity within that uh, is constantly evolving and that one day perhaps will actualize that divinity? Well, that's one of the um, uh, essential um, principles of the uh, path of ageless wisdom. The great teacher and writer H.P. Blavatsky said man is both um, uh, an animal and a living God. And what she meant by that is the animal part is our physical nature which we share with the animal kingdom, a physical body. The God part, the God in the making part, is our inner spiritual um, uh, essence, 
which in many of us is pretty much eclipsed by our outer physical personality, but is gradually awakening and coming to the foreground through the path of evolution. And all of us are at varying stages on that path, but we are not God with a capital G, but small g, gods in the making in the sense of being uh, divine in origin and returning to that divinity um, over the path of of evolution, of spiritual Mm -hmm. development. That path is not an easy one to tread. And one of the major misunderstandings, I think, that uh, is associated with spiritual development is that it leads to freedom. Many people, I think, take up the spiritual quest out of an urge to escape bondage, to find freedom, to express themselves, whatever that means, to feel liberated as personalities. But what they are rebelling against, the the bondage that we discussed earlier, leads not to greater freedom, but oddly enough, to greater obedience. And I think many people don't necessarily understand that the spiritual path is one of obedience, not in the sense of coercion or of one's free will being um, uh, compelled to uh, cooperate with the more powerful will, but in the sense that the soul has a plan and Um, you could say, an agenda for any particular incarnation that it seeks to accomplish through um, the individual living in the body on earth. And obedience to that plan requires that we listen to our higher self, obey our highest knowledge, obey our inner teacher, which exists within all of us, the, the Christ principle within every one of us, It's that obedience I'm talking about. Yes, it's not obedience to a guru or to some outside teacher, which uh, many people sometimes um, mistake it for, but uh, it's learning to just obey your own inner resources uh, and your own intuition. uh, If you can really plumb that, that very high line of intuition, it's in the higher mind, above the higher mind, actually. But it's it's understanding what what lies within you and listening to that, as you said. And it isn't uh, so much. It isn't at all obeying some other teacher or guru. It's obeying your own higher yeah. self. Right. It's yeah. and it's cultivating that uh, capacity to listen to your inner self. And yet today, it seems the whole trend of present times is the quest for freedom, isn't it? It's held before us as an ideal and promoted by all of our leaders, and uh, we're told that all human beings aspire to freedom, and they do. That's true. But it's not personal license. It's not the the, um, permission to do whatever one wants just because it feels good or indulges one's own desires and um, glamours. It's that isn't the intention of the soul. The soul's intention is utter cooperation with the divine plan, utter intention to cooperate with the one humanity in the fulfillment of God's plan. That's the kind of obedience I'm talking about, and it is 
in a sense restrictive. It's restrictive or limiting of our lower, baser, more selfish inclinations. And those need to be uh, dealt with by every person on the spiritual path. So you could say that um, the path of spiritual development is an exceedingly fine line, sometimes called the razor's edge, and uh, it requires a lot of uh, sacrifice and a willingness to submit and acquiesce to our highest understanding. Not somebody else's highest understanding, but our highest understanding. That's um, a lesson that's um, hard to hard to grasp, I think, at first, uh, because uh, so many of us um, tend to want other people to do our thinking for us. And, uh, <laughs> it's easier. Then, yeah, it's easier. And uh, <clears throat> you say, well, so-and-so says that such-and-such is true, so I'll, I'll accept that. It must be true, but uh, not necessarily. I mean, you have to think these things things through yourself and uh, I, I was just thinking about the, the um, you mentioned about freedom the desire for freedom so much in the world and that's that's an impulse that's an idea that comes from very deep it's the most fundamental um, idea that comes right back to to the energy of, of God himself I think because that's really the thrust of What's standing behind the work of the soul is freedom and liberation from this bondage, this form life that we live in. And so our uh, attraction to freedom, to the idea of freedom, really has a deep spiritual um, background to it. And it relates to um, your question, Robert, about whether we are gods in the making we, um, as Blavatsky said, man is an animal plus a living God. And I think that quest for freedom is an indication or an expression of that deep-seated realization that we are divine in origin and divine in destiny. And the quest to be independent and to be, what, um, uncurtailed, in the fulfillment of our spiritual will is, I think, what you're saying lies behind freedom. It's not license. It's not personal permissiveness or of uh, carelessness about the needs or obligations to anyone else. It's this urge to be a full and total expression of our highest potential. Yes, and the idea that freedom becomes has become such an uh, important uh, personal thing, and maybe it's because uh, the particular focus of consciousness of the human race today is very personal, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. so it's inevitable that we take an idea like freedom and translate it through the uh, personality and uh, <coughs> label it. As, as a personal freedom, mm-hmm. we see, tend to see things through our own personal self first, and that's why we interpret ideas that come through the personal self. So we interpret it very personally, and we tend to impose mm-hmm. that ideal as we understand it on others, yeah. rather than ask them what their idea of freedom is. And we do the same thing with religious ideas and mm-hmm. religion, and with 
God, you know, it's our God, and it's a very personal God, and I have this personal uh, contact with God. So it's um, everything becomes very personal at first until one's consciousness begins to expand and becomes more decentralized and centralized in the soul, in the group conscious soul, then we can understand freedom uh, from the much broader context. And that's, uh, then we, we, we understand that freedom really has to do with <coughs> the, the work of God uh, and our own, our own responsibility of work as an agent of God in this world to uh, actually work out his plan and not our own little plan of freedom. There's um, a wonderful comment by Alice Bailey that relates to that. She said that unitedly all people realize today the need to rise out of the prison of self-interest into the freedom of shared opportunity. And the factor which will bring about this resurrection, she said, is goodwill. Well, I think we all realize in uh, in some I think all people of goodwill realize that self-interest and the endless pursuit of self uh, satisfaction personal comfort uh, which is such a dominant factor of Western and especially American life is in its own way a prison house we think the freedom to pursue material benefits and material comfort and uh, uh, enjoyment is going to be liberating, but in fact, I think one of the frustrations of our time is this realization that it's a, a dead end, a cul-de-sac. And when she speaks of the freedom of shared opportunity, doesn't it evoke in us a sense of the liberating joy of cooperation and of opening up our horizons to a larger context than our own little lives and our own little circle of friends and family? That's what the whole time is, I think, pushing us towards. And perhaps tragedies like the recent national disaster break down those barriers of self-interest. Yes, that's that's one of the great lessons that's um, being imposed upon us, whether we know it or not, I think, is to uh, let go of that little little um, objective um, image of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And our world and our little world, and uh, realize that there is a <clears throat> greater problems in the one humanity that have to be dealt with. She said, um, "Let it, Alice Bailey said, let it be remembered always that each field of awareness, in its boundaries, constitutes a prison. The objective of all the work of liberation, she said, is to release the consciousness and expand its contact." Where there are boundaries of any kind, you have a prison. Where there is apprehension of a vision and of a wide, unconquered territory, there will undoubtedly and inevitably be a sense of imprisonment and of cramping. So the realization or the sensation that there is more beyond the present understanding and the present knowledge that uh, we have creates this sense of being confined, imprisoned, and um, uh, of being blocked. But that very sense of blockage is what compels the human being to break through it. 
And this is the whole path of liberation. If everything were easy and open and available to us, we wouldn't have that urge to break through into a higher level of consciousness. So maybe we can say the prison house of form has its uses. Please take advantage of the special offer from Lucis Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book, Death, The Great Adventure. Death, The Great Adventure is a compilation of extracts on the spiritual meaning of death from the books of Alice Bailey. And uh, also, what you need to do to get that book is to send a check or money order, $11, uh, to Lucis Publishing, Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And please make a little notation that you heard about it on Inner Sight. And if you need to give us a call and get our general package of information, please do so at 1-866-695-8247. Easy way is 1-866-NY-LUCIS or New York-LUCIS. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with the world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. 